how he's gonna say you <laughs> I, I needed to hit record, that's why. Okay, we're good. Uh no. No, we're not. How he's gonna tell us whenever you're ready. Right. And then I was like, all right, cool, let's go. Wow. And he's like, nah. Wow. <laughs> you know what? Wow. You know what? Be on die. Be on die. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay, whenever you're ready. You sure this is yes. <laughs> for real? For real? Yes. For real? For real? <laughs> okay. You know what? I'm gonna just mute. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, hi everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Red Couch Podcast. We are your hosts, the staff from the African American Resource Center on campus, also known as the ARC, and we're gonna run through a few intros. So first, my name is Monique, and I'm the graduate student assistant. And we can just go whenever you're ready to go. My name is Bethany, and I'm currently a programs assistant in the African American Resource Center. My name is Viviana Warridge, and I'm also a program assistant in the African American Resource Center. My name is Kelly Leon, and I'm the communications and graphic design lead at the ARC. And my name is Terrell Forey, and I'm the ARC Hokage. I was surprised to hear uh, Terrell's voice in there, but okay, welcome. All right, so that's our staff, and we're excited to bring you this podcast. Um, for your listening pleasure. We're doing this because we want to encourage more engagement in, um, with our uh, community on campus. And we haven't been able to see you all physically, so we were like, how can we still get in touch with our people? And a podcast is one way to do it. So every, every other week, I think is what we agree, we're going to do this um, podcast. We're going to bring you different topics and things to talk about. And, um, you know, We'll figure out a way to hear back from you. But right now, today is first episode and we're talking about the inauguration. So first, um, however you all want to go, did you watch the inauguration? Um, I know personally for me, I did not watch the inauguration um, for two reasons. Uh, One was I was just completely exhausted from all things politics. Um, I felt like it was getting slammed in my face on social media and in person with friends was all that anybody was talking about. And honestly, I just got burnt out. So I did not watch the inauguration, even though it was a historical moment. Um, The second reason is also because, you know, we got other things to do in life. So <laughs> that is why I personally did not watch the inauguration. Yeah, that makes sense. Anybody else? Uh, I mean, go ahead, Beth, or Viviana. <laughs> no, go ahead, Kelly. Oh, well, I was going to say that we were here at work during the inauguration. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, don't hit it with the trail had us working during the inauguration. We couldn't watch it. During such a historical moment. How many- <laughs> uh, I definitely asked y'all way back in the fall. Like, this is on this date. I remember asking y'all, this is on inauguration. Do y'all care? And y'all was like, no, we don't care. Like, don't do me like that. that. I mean, like deflection. That's what it sounds like. Okay? <laughs> deflecting. Uh, that was funny. <laughs> Terrell had it on the background though so Kelly said let me out here real quick right. that's wild make me seem like I'm this overseer just working y'all to death like y'all can't enjoy y'all life <laughs> not the overseer yikes yes because watching the inauguration was part of like me enjoying my life <laughs> 
<laughs> Y'all hilarious. Yo, that, that's funny. But, uh, like, yeah, we, we had things to do. We were doing things. So, um, but I, I also think that, you know, uh, if I, I, I planned on revisiting it either way. Um, but I, my main focus, I think you're totally right. It's kind of like a burnt out feeling. And inauguration is one thing. I, I want to see action throughout this whole presidency. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, um, I don't know. At the end of the day, it, it, you're right. It's just a historical moment. But, you know, I'm going to be pretty self-critical or self-conscious of, of what this presidency is going to be from here on out. So this inauguration didn't mean it, it was just like a very beginning starting point. Yeah, like it wasn't the end-all be-all. Right, right. Of course. That's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up because I know a lot of us are are like, like, okay, finally, yes. We got somebody in there, like Terrell just said earlier, we got somebody in there who is an adult and will handle this like an adult instead <laughs> of like a kid or a baby, you know? But I feel like, and I've been hearing this a lot, the bar is in hell. Like the mm. bar is so low. It's like the inauguration. Yes, that was great. High five. We got him out of here. But now we need to go back to what we was doing before this and like try to push what we've been doing before this whole like four years of nonsense happened. So the inauguration is just the beginning. It's not the end all be all. Mm-hmm. I think if it's one thing that Trump's administration did was really, you know, obviously us as black folks, we know that racism exists. We know that institutional racism exists. We know that all of these, you know, um, systems that are built against us are built against us. But I think that throughout this four years, we've been able to see in living color, you know, exactly what America is, you know, like the, the, um, the entitlement, the privilege, the, the hatred, you know, like all of that just came to the surface these past four years, especially for black folks. So I am interested to see how things, I guess, I don't want to say shift, but how things progress, hopefully, with uh, this new administration. I have hope, but not high hopes. So I'm hoping that they prove me wrong in that. Yeah, I think what happened with like Trump's administration as far as like racism and stuff, I think that it just allowed people to be more comfortable to be very open about it. Um, I think obviously, like you said, racism has always been here. Um, it just Trump allowed a platform for people to do it open openly and like practice it openly. And it was accepted um, a lot more than it should have been. And then I think like as far as like the inauguration is concerned, I personally didn't watch it Um, when it comes to like politics and stuff like that. I always think of like slavery when it comes especially to like um, like presidential elections and stuff like that. Like you just have like two white people up there trying to tell minorities and especially black people who's going to be less racist or supposedly help them but there's almost never any action in my personal opinion um so like for me I it's not something that excites me or makes me super hopeful and stuff like that so um yeah that's kind of like why I didn't watch it yeah I'll say uh, I'll just chime in here that 
I've never watched inaugurations before. Like, didn't watch Bushes, didn't really watch Obamas. Um, and this wasn't going to be any different for me. And I think I just how I feel it's about uh, the government is that, you know, how I identify as black man, they're not there for me. Like, that's not like that's not us. Even if it is us up there, they, they, they're not there for us. And so I've never like fully felt represented at that level anyway. Right. And so that's not I like, I, I know I, we need to vote and do all those things. And I'm like, cool. Happened on a Wednesday. I have it on. But I'm at first at first I wasn't going to watch it at all because that's just what I, I normally do. But I think one of the reasons why I did have it on at least while I was working is because of my wife and how like she was like so hyped to see Kamala just be in this position and how what a historic moment it was for her. Right. Cause I'm not gonna lie, like having Obama be president as a black man, like that was pretty dope to see that even though I disagree with some of the things that he's done, I think just for representation purposes, it was really dope. And so I had to check my privilege and be like, you know, only imagine as a black woman seeing another black woman in such a position, what that means for representation purposes. Right. And so I wanted to make sure that I at least had it on and, you know, acknowledge the moment for like those reasons. Yeah, that's, that's really, I'm glad you brought that up too, about recognizing like, okay, I'm gonna watch this. Cause I know that there's some importance in it for some people um, and the meaning of it and like how important representation is and not to speak for all the other black girls in here, but I know for me, seeing a black woman as a VP of the United States, the first black person, black woman, black, you know, it's just like, wow. All right, cool. So we can actually be out here doing this stuff like this. So, and I know, so Kamala is on our, on our list of things to talk about. Um, how do we feel about Kamala? You don't have to share. Um, but if you want to, um, does it look like representation to you when we're talking about Kamala Harris as a VP or is it just like, all right, cool. You know, she's done stuff in the past and here's a position that she now has as opposed to when she had before. Um, I would say for representation purposes, Kamala really does. Um, you know, it, it, it feels good to see someone that looks like you in that position, like Terrell said. So Aside from everything else, just purely representation, I think it's really dope that we now have a Black woman in the White House. But at the same time, I do have mixed feelings about Kamala because of the policies and, you know, things that she's put in place that don't necessarily or honestly target marginalized and Black communities. So, um, yeah, mixed feelings there, you know, but it is good and it feels good to see another Black woman you know, a fellow Black woman within politics and policy, you know, creating change and hopefully continuing to create change. So that's my perspective on it. Anyone else want to come in? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I mean, I would agree with Bethany. I mean, I think that as far as like representation and stuff, it just seems like it's like a way to just be like, okay, here, we gave you someone who looks like you. Now, like, that should keep you quiet for a little bit. That's how I see it. Um, and just because somebody looks like you doesn't mean that they have the best intentions for you, um, especially when it comes to, like, seeing um, minorities who are, like, in positions of power. Because at the end of the day, um, even if they wanted to do things for their community, 
there's always Mm -hmm. politics and there's always people around them that may be stopping that. Um, And I think that that's something even like with like Obama that people didn't realize it's like, oh, he's a black president. And yes, it's nice to have representation, but you still have to look at the actions and there's still people who are around them that they have to listen to. And there's certain things that they have to do, certain agendas that they have to follow. So. Mm-hmm. Very true. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's tough. Um, I think only because. Sure. Kamala has not had nor nor is she the perfect candidate, right? I think that, I think that's the. Um, I, I think we can clearly say that she was not the perfect candidate, nor does she have the perfect past. Uh, but I think also sometimes we look for perfection in folks that's not realistic. Like nobody was or has been the perfect candidate to run for these offices, nor will there be a perfect candidate. And at the same time, um, and, and and the reason why I have to. I, I have to take a step back sometimes when trying to critique Kamala is because it, even when I think about the Democratic primary, right? Like I voted for Bernie. I, I voted for Bernie in, in uh, 2016, voted for Bernie um, this this year round because um, I think his policy and what he stands for and what he stands for aligns a lot with my principles and beliefs and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but it's really interesting because I, I, I think as a community, Kamala has been critiqued a lot harsher, I would say, than like Joe Biden has been, which is wild to me. It's wild. It's not as if they are too different, uh, but I think because of her identities and her being a woman, probably, probably that we critique her a lot harsher for her past than we do President Biden. And, 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 and I think like if we take a step back and realize some of the, the attacks that she's had to endure, we'll find that true, that she has she, she has had to endure a lot more um, critiques and attacks, folks attacking her blackness, for one, which is wild. Um, and but also her political journey when Joe Biden has been doing this thing in the way that he's been doing it a lot longer. He just got elected to the highest office in the world and has been able to. Uh, escape some of those same critiques in the same in the ways that Kamala hasn't because he's a white dude and we and like, All right, cool you're not Trump so you get a pass but Kamala because of your past we're not giving you a pass so that's some of the things that sometimes I just have to take a step back in in, in my critique of uh, certain folks yeah when I hear like that so when I look at those things like when like look for perfect example like Kamala when I hear um some of my family members, some of my friends talk about her. Um, that's what I hear. I hear like um, what it comes off to me is, okay, we're going real hard in the paint of her and we're not going hard in the paint at all of the rest of these white dudes, but I can understand it because it's like, well, we expect them to act like that. We expect them to mm-hmm. not have us in mind, to not think of us as, you know, the priority, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it was Bethany. I think you said it just a few minutes ago. The the key that I pay attention to and something that I learned while working and going through getting this degree in higher education is just because you look like us or just because um, you experience something of similar to what I experience as a black person. One doesn't mean that you have like all of our 
well-beings in mind. And two, doesn't mean that you acknowledge that you fall into that category too. So being black, how I look at representation is like, all right, cool. That means I have the ability to get in the room, but when it comes to the, the types of things that I would have to do to get there, I think that's what sets someone mm. apart from like, okay, Kamala, she did all these things, whatever, whatever. Um, but when she gets in the room, so now she is what I would, to me, like, okay, you're the VP of the United States. And even though you're not the, the president, you're still in, in a room that who, who else has been in? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there's something that you are now able to do. And if, if in the past you were on that tip of like, not or like not necessarily keeping black people's wants and needs and, and well-beings in mind okay can i can i trust you to do that now so that's how i look mm. at it and i think it also comes from the lens of like accountability as well just as a person that is part of the black community you know like you said we expect certain certain um What's the word I'm looking for? Just certain actions to be taken that we know, you know, generally white people do not really think about, you know, just about our livelihood and the way we operate within America, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that's why Kamala always probably gets critiqued so much is only because there's so much potential there, like you said, so. Right. Well, new president, who this? <laughs> so are we feeling Joe Biden? Are we like, just as long as you're an adult, not a baby? <laughs> the latter, please. Thank you. <laughs> mm. Mm. Well, I mean, I'll say that um, I I always keep a cautious eye when how I except you know folks who step in in, in just into certain roles because of how like professionalism has been uh viewed under like a white lens and all that stuff or whatever um uh, but it, it it because of who his predecessor was um and i think you you mentioned earlier right that 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 the bar is just super low but it does seem as if like this is under control now like we don't wait like we ain't gotta worry about somebody wilding or like saying anything random in the media like those things don't have aren't happening right because like previous president like he was on twitter more than me which is wild like i really thought about that like bro was really on twitter just like tweeting away wilding um twitter fingers you know yeah like and we don't have that you're like oh yeah because that's that's childish like you probably shouldn't be doing that as president or whatever Um, And just not having someone do that feels good anyways. But like, yeah, the bar is low. Like, is that what I'm really feeling good about? Someone not tweeting? Um, And and so I'm not saying that he doesn't have to do much to like gain our trust, but he really don't got to do much other than be a normal white dude in that role. And we're going to be like, I for sure for a while. Like he seems like he knows what he's doing and he seems like he knows what he's doing. And And he does seem as if he has a team Right, like he's like he's not the brain trust behind all this, but all of his moves that he's been making that I've been watching, it does seem like he has a team who has been in his ear about particular things, right? About having that representation for certain positions in offices and certain policies from from the executive actions and orders he he's been doing. It does seem as if 
Um, there are folks who has his ear and, and he's listening at the very least. Mm. Yeah, I definitely see that too. Um, I wanted to pose a question kind of to everybody, but you know, with this new administration, the Biden and Biden Harris administration, they're preaching this like um, this rhetoric of equality and mm-hmm. they're really pushing this rhetoric of equality, especially during the inauguration And when they first got elected, it was like, that's their main goal, I guess. But as we all know, this is America, America Kuka, you know. So (laughs) how do y'all, how do y'all feel about, you know, that, that rhetoric being pushed and how do you feel like they're going to fulfill or if they will fulfill? The rhetoric of equality? Yeah, like they're they're very much so pushing this. Everybody's the same. But do you think that the American public, just from what we've seen in the Trump administration to now, do you think that that is going to shift or change? Or do you think America is going to be America at the end of the day? Well, the way I look at it is like a house. You start with the foundation huh. and that will the foundation of the house will pretty much lead the way in how the house is going to be built, shaped, like, like it's all in the foundation to me. And if America wasn't built with equality in mind, I don't think, like, I just don't think that there's a way to get to that without mm. looking at, all right, so here's where we started. We really need to work on this first, but that uh, to me just feels impossible because you got people out here who really believe that because they are white, that they have more privileges than people who are people of color. So I, and I don't, and if we be real, I don't even know if I want quality, I want equity. Like that's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking about. So you're preaching, you know, equality as a, as a, uh, and, and like, um, uh, figurehead, not just a figurehead, but like in that kind of range of people who can change the country and things like that, even like government in general, you're preaching equality, but how can we get to equality? We haven't even entered the, the equity issue first. So those are my two thoughts. Kelly, Viviana, any thoughts? I do have one, but Kelly, did you want to go first? Because I know you haven't gone in a while. No, you go ahead. I'll chime in after you. Okay. Um, I definitely agree with Monique. And um, just thinking about, like, like you said, like, you want equity, not equality. And there's just no way um, to even be close to that with the way that America has been set up. Because when you think about it, it's just like all of this has been like generational. It's been set up since slavery times. But even like looking past that, looking at like housing, for example, and schools and like where grocery stores are and like accessible food, all of those different things have been like implemented like decades ago, centuries ago. So like just thinking of like redlining and um, how white people are able to get, we're we're able to get loans and um, like blacks and Latinos weren't able to. And then they got pushed into the inner city and now they have crummy schools that are over policed and all these different things and like we're not able to live in certain neighborhoods because we're not able to afford it now when 
when a lot of white people were able to move into the suburbs and get homes for like $17,000, live by the beach for like $17,000. And now if we want to come and integrate ourselves and live in these areas, it costs like millions of dollars or $600,000, $800,000. And it's just, it's not, it's, it's almost unattainable at this point because we've already been pushed back for such a long time. Um, so like you said, Monique, and that's what I always tell people is we can't, you can't expect things to all of a sudden change um, when institutionally and systemically and systematically, it's not possible because all these things have already been set up from before. Um, so I, and I think of it, like you said, like as a house, and I think of it as with children. If you don't teach them from a young age to be a certain way, a lot of times, um, those types of things are going to continue and progress as they get older. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I fully agree with everyone's statement so far. I think that the term equality is just so abstract in the way that it's been, you know, like practiced and used, especially in policy and lawmaking. Um, because, you know, even today we have people who, who argue that like things are equal now. That's in, in practice, it's not. Um, so the idea of like what we need is equity and we need to be able to actually discuss the issues that are occurring right now and bring them to the front and clearly define them um, when it comes to like institutional systemic historical racism um, and how that exists within our, our laws and our policies. Um, but I, um, do I think it'll happen? I don't know. Just because there's so many people who benefit from the lack of equity, the lack of like equality that we see. 100%. And I think that's the other thing too, like um, Kelly just said, like there's too many people that benefit from the lack of equity that it's like in, in order to have a society where most people are equal or have like equal footing, a lot of people would have to give up what they have. And if you're comfortable and if you're benefit, if you're benefiting from a society that puts you up at the top, why would you give that up? Mm -hmm. mm, a lot to think about. Yeah, a lot to take into consideration. And I think too, looking at it in 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 that way of like it, it's just a reality like when you look at it in the way of like the difference between equality and equity and when you look at it in the way of like there are too many people that benefit from the way that things are which is why trying to move to a different way of doing things is like the hardest because you have to have people who are willing to step back and have less mm -hmm. and um benefit less to ensure that everybody can benefit um, in a system like this. So, okay. Well, any projections for the Black community four years from now? Do we think that this administration is going to um, make things better for the people, for the culture? Shoot, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think... Oh, go ahead. Try. No, go ahead. You good. You good. No, no, no. You go ahead. I defer to y'all. No, that's all you. I'm just mute. 
<laughs> I was just gonna say when it comes to politics I try I just don't really get my hopes up anymore because it's such a corrupt in my opinion it's a very corrupt um field you know and those that are fighting for you know equity and social justice and you know just affordable housing like anything that affects our community are always fighting basically against those that don't believe you know and to have those same ideals as them so um projections for the black community i hope that we're farther along like i said but i don't have high hopes for the administration just because like uh viviana was stating and um monique stated that you know the foundation has been broken or not set you know for the black community for a very long time so you know do i see things getting better for the black community yes a little bit but i feel like it's going to be on our own backs rather than the administration's backs so Yeah, I was going to say that historically waiting on presidential administrations to make sweeping changes for the community has never been a good thing to do. Like we only because their influence, while while vast and they can do some things, I think that's not how we have made change historically. Right. I think through protest through voicing our dissent through organizing through um what is it um pulling our votes together like those are the things that have made change right and so you think about like what like how they won the presidency right the organizing that happened in georgia for example um i think through that collective action and in doing things like that is how we make change and so i think we need to ride this momentum and not you know let it you know die out but for things that we want to see change in our communities, we just got to go ride for that, right? Like we can't wait for President Biden to just end police brutality, for example, right? As a community, we need to go protest. We need to be at these city council meetings, right? We need to figure out, all right, are these police unions, you know, uh, uh, pulling money for a particular candidate so that they don't have to bear the responsibility of their actions. Like we need to be in the streets. We need to be out there doing those things. And I think that's what we need to take from all of this is that uh, we made this happen. And I think and that that can be said, right? As a community, we have made this happen. And so we have the power not to just do this with the president of the United States, but we can do this anywhere really. And I think until we come to that realization um, you know, on a broader scale, I, I don't know to, to answer your question. I don't, I, I don't know what's going to happen four years from now because I'm hoping that folks ride this momentum, but, um, it does sound as if some of the things that we were doing in the past year is like, we're starting to slow down. Kelly and Viv? I'm hoping that with this new change in administration, I hope that at least folks will feel safer to protest and, and get their voices out. I think like, just kind of like during the past administration, it was like just the fear and being able to be out there, be in person, um, knowing that people were being more and more comfortable being racist and being violent. And, um, 
I, I hope that like at least with this new administration that at least can change um but i, I agree with terrell that like it a lot of the change we do see now hasn't been through you know politics it's been through grassroots organizations activists local people um doing things for their community and i think if we're able to spend our energy and time involving ourselves in that that will benefit us a lot more rather than waiting for you know politics to side with our best interest <laughs> um for me i believe it when i see it that's how i feel about it <laughs> facts <laughs> only facts <laughs> In the words of Terrell, facts. <laughs> Viviana, don't believe nothing y'all got going on. No faith in none of this. <laughs> she said, "Show me the money." Okay, stop playing. Stop playing. Okay. <laughs> Show me the affordable housing. Okay. <laughs> Where are these checks at? Where are these checks? I'm waiting on. Give me my check. <laughs> I need the checks. I need these. I need this student loan debt canceled. I need all yeah. of that. Mm, all that. Mm, yes, reparations, mm. everything. Yeah. yeah. Which was, <laughs> was also why I'm like, cool. All, all, all this representation, this stuff, cool. But uh, by like next <laughs> Thursday, I'm, 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 I'm gonna send somebody a tweet. I'm gonna be like, yo, so uh. <laughs> So what's, <laughs> so what's up with these checks? <laughs> is that is that coming via UPS? Is that USPS direct deposit? Like, let me know. Do you need a routing number? I got you. But the routing number. The routing number. <laughs> I need that direct. Yes. Direct. I need these checks, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna add Joe Biden. Like, this is my Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's my Yo. cash app. Yo, just Yo. send it through there. I got Apple Pay. I got Google Pay. I got all of that. We got Joe Biden and Kamala doing a, a collaboration with Cash App, talking about some <laughs> drop your cash tag. Man, <laughs> man, talk about efficient because that's instant, right? Hello, I'm dropping that so fast. You know? Yeah, that's instant. You ain't got to waste money on paper for checks. I'm saving y'all caught right. man. Right. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just with I'm just with that. I'm with with the uh, all right. Let's let's see. We'll see. Like you know when you're going somewhere and um or you want to go somewhere and you ask your mom and she's like, "We'll see." That's how I feel right now. We'll see. So, yes. I see your messages. All right, cool. Well, does anybody have any last minute thoughts before we wrap up? Not at all, man. Going once, going twice. I said my piece. Mm -hmm. Straight up. With a money preside. With a money preside. With a money preside. Okay, hello. Yes. 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 And that's all. Mary had a little lamb. Okay. I was like, I got a Honda. I might be looking for one in a couple of a uh, couple of years. Where you at? <laughs> okay, he's somewhere in Louisiana. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we ain't going that far, right? 
I'm going to reside right here at home. <laughs> right, right here. And I'm going to do a shoot in California. All right, cool. Well, we thank you all for listening to the first episode of The Red Couch. Um, and we hope that you continue to listen. Our next episode will come out two weeks from today. Um, and that'll be episode two. So and we'll bring a different topic. Today we talked about the inauguration. Next time we'll talk about something different. So um, we signing out, y'all. Bye, everyone. Peace. Bye. Peace, love, and Greece.